Welcome, you are listening to Ladies Who Genre, a podcast book club for ladies and not ladies who like to genre now and then. I'm your host, Morgan. And I'm your other host, Noelle. This is not going to be a spoiler-free podcast, so if you've not read this book or maybe the new TV show that we'll talk about, uh, you might want to pause the podcast and move on to a different episode. Trigger warning, you might fall asleep if you read this book. (laughs) (laughs) This week, we are talking about Shadow and Bone by Lee Bardugo. There is a TV show, as Morgan mentioned, out currently on Netflix, and uh, it's almost entirely different from this book. <laughs> but, you know, in a, in a fun way, which I'm, I'm sure we'll talk about a bit more, just to kind of really quickly jump into it, I wanted to cover our drinks because I, I would like to get started drinking. I am having a lovely virgin daiquiri with today's episode. <laughs> Very sweet and tasty, but maybe not a lot of depth or bite. <laughs> mine is similar but different mine is mint tea because this book was comforting and familiar but not very interesting i do have to say that i'm about to also do a shot of whiskey because i'm gonna need it to talk about this book you know you, you gotta do what you gotta do there we go very nice oh okay <laughs> oh we're good we're good everything's cool full disclosure we actually already recorded this podcast back when we first finished the book maybe a few weeks ago now at least and unfortunately, files and, you know, Com- computer technical things. difficulties happened. Uh, so we are re-recording. And, but that means that we have gone from the show being an eventuality to we have both seen at least the first couple episodes, maybe? I'm on I'm on episode six right now. Yeah. Okay. I think I just finished three last okay. night. So yeah. we it's kind of fun. We, we haven't even finished the series yet, but it's neat to have a little bit of comparison in to, mm-hmm. to, to compare and contrast, which is fun. Yeah, I think it'll be better for for you guys, the audience, to listen to this podcast because at least we we will not just sit here trashing this book and have no context to tell you, yeah, the show is pretty good. <laughs> yeah, which I think is something that I do want to go ahead and mention. Like, if you're someone who just watched the show and you you started searching around the internet for stuff and found our podcast, awesome, hello and welcome. But the book and the TV show are not the same, both in content, like there are definitely events that are different between the two, but also it it's very clear to me that some maturing happened with the author and their views and how they (laughs) want their characters to to exist in the world so there's some things that we found very questionable in the book that are different in the show and just not even there and which is good (laughs) for this particular thing i'm gonna counter that because what i heard is that lee bardugo said that this tv show is fanfic of her book and I was like, oh, snap. She's nasty about this show. Okay. What? Is yeah. that? I wouldn't interpret that as a negative statement. Oh, She's saying I do. that they are not the same oh. thing. Yeah. When an author says that something's fanfic, it means this isn't canon and I don't like it. That's it. that's how I read that, at least. Oh, okay. Fair yeah. enough. Yeah. Well, whatever the case, the show is lovely. The book is interesting. Let's uh, yeah. go ahead and jump into that opening line for us. The servants called them Malenchki, little ghosts because they were the smallest and youngest, and because they haunted the Duke's house like giggling phantoms. It's such a cute... I forgot that opening line. It's very kind of fun and and quirky. It sounds like they're describing the two orphan main characters, so so to speak, of the book. It's very cute that they have this friendship of growing up together. Yeah, it's a nice uh, flashback sequence that you get at the opening of the book. It's kind of like... um, What was that other book that we read that was really good that was... um, 
had a flashback sequence as they're opening with the dragons that there was no dragons in the dragon story. Rage of dragons. Rage of dragons. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So it was very much like that where you get a little opening number of some sort of flashback, except in this case, it is actually the people who are in the book. The opening line doesn't have anything really to do with the most of the book, but it does give you the hint that these two kids are like, have been buddies a really long time and they're sweet together. And they live in the Duke's house because they're orphans. And when you're an orphan in this world, you get sent to the Duke's house to be brought up, which I think is amazing. If I'm understanding, that's basically like a privatized orphanage situation. Yeah, and they're but they're treated really nicely and they live in a giant house that's really nice instead of like kind of a, you know, crappy orphanage situation. So I'm 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 pleased with the the way that they were treated as orphans, yeah. I think. Orphanages aren't supposed to be bad. Like it should be a good situation <laughs> yeah. where they're being yeah. taken care of and it sounds like this is being funded by the go- government nobility. What do you call it? That nobility. one. Nobility. Yeah. yeah, that one. <laughs> I would go with that. So, you know, that that's all well and good. Eventually, though, we move on to seeing them as adults in the army, which also very interesting. So many both real and fictional stories focus around militaries being almost exclusively men. Yep. Mm-hmm. So it's really interesting. This one, I don't think they mention in any way, shape or form gender as part of like, nope, they're a deciding factor. It's just, yeah. yep. Everybody yeah. serves in the army. Neither one of these people is like an infantry person, though. So I guess we don't actually know that. One of them is a tracker, so that uh, the boy Mal is a person who can track people and animals. And our main character, Alina, is a cartographer, so she makes maps. So neither one of them is like army, like army dude specific, but definitely like everyone you meet is both sexes. They actually, one of the interesting plot points of the the show that they don't discuss in the book at all is that there are all races, like all races are involved. So, yes. Oh, that was, that is such an interesting thing about the show that I did not remember seeing at all in the book. It's not defined uh, in any way. It, the show just has a lot of depth because they've added a lot of elements that weren't in the books. Anyways, go watch the show if you haven't. It's very yeah. fun. Yeah. But moving back to the book. <laughs> Our our main character has a little bit of that that fun trope of kind of being a, a chosen one. Yeah. Right? I, like, yeah. would you describe it the same way? Yeah, I describe it as crappy Harry Potter. <laughs> I I could see it, but, yeah. you know, it, it's, a, it's a common trope for a reason. Yeah. Yes, it's fun it to have someone who grew up with nothing to suddenly have something like that yes. they have to figure out and and work with so this this kind of society has a kind of magical class yes the the grisha are their magical class and they are a group of people who are in in some ways sort of like discriminated against in 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 certain ways and in certain ways not they can each do a certain kind of thing like they can seem to control some sort of element like there's fire people there's wind people there's water people uh, there's darkness people and we come to find out through a series of events that our main character is what they call a sun summoner and she that's what she does yeah i guess what she does <laughs> <laughs> she makes light, which is pretty awesome. She can summon sunshine and combat darkness, which is pretty cool. And this happens because she gets assigned to a skiff sort of situation, which I took as to mean a boat. But I don't think they like to define that. Did, did you get that? I, I definitely did get boat vibes, but mm-hmm. they it also sounded like they weren't on water. So yeah, yeah. Land, desert, boat. Kind of like in um, Avatar of the Airbender. Like yeah, there, yeah. there's a season where there's a bunch of 
land boats. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Never of that. And their their whole point so their land is is split by this thing called the fold, which is a giant darkness patch that there are things in there that will attack you. Let's just say that. And so they go into the darkness and they get attacked. And Alina does not know that she is, in fact, a Grisha. You usually find out when you're a child. But she, you come to find out later that she threw the test so that she wouldn't find out if she was a Grisha or not. And because she wanted to stay with Mal. And uh, she manifests her power because she gets snatched by one of these bad guys. Um, and summons the sun. And then she wakes up and everyone's screaming at her everyone's just being kind of the worst yeah she gets like kind of taken before the general who's giving some like i don't know they keep calling him a general but he definitely gives me like nobility prince vibes yeah for sure like fancy af yeah well i mean he is a grisha also he's you find out he's the darkling um and he's the the person who's in charge of the the second army i guess and um he is running the show and sort of in charge of everyone, but he has a specific power, which is to attract darkness, and she has the opposite power. And that's that's another thing that's interesting about this magic scheme that they have going is that there seems to be opposites that can kind mm-hmm. of like counter each other, which I think is pretty neat. Um, but yeah, they're, they're completely yelling at her. And I'm just like, that you, you find out very quickly that the Sun Summoner is like a thing of lore, and that person is supposed to be able to eventually get the darkness patch that we have just gone into to go away. And she's considered like <laughs> I think essentially it's the Boy Scouts. I want a darkness patch, light patch, <laughs> darkness patch, fire patch, wind patch. I want yeah, all. Yeah, totally. Yeah, um, you find. <laughs> she, I mean, she's she's thought of as like essentially a messiah to this you know group of people like mm-hmm. you know and but they're yelling at her and i'm like why are you treating her so badly like what the hell's wrong with you i think like, there's a small element of not believing yeah at yeah. first like what kind of weird trick did you do like yeah I, that's kind of the vibe i'm getting at first the the darkness character prince darkness <laughs> <laughs> what did you think of him when he first appeared on the scene i mean i just was like douchebag and moved on fair enough yeah yeah he seems like kind of a jerk how about you i feel like i I could tell pretty quickly that they were trying to lean into a like mysterious tall dark and Mm -hmm. handsome you know seductive Mm -hmm. yeah Uh, (laughs) i i could feel that vibe being set up which totally does happen they Mm -hmm. they definitely lean more and more into that but yeah like suddenly a bad guy later on was a very interesting turn yeah, I mean, I can just say like everything about this book is like the the worst cliche is is yeah. my opinion of this book really like just well, if I want to lay it out. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it's not even fluffy fun. It's just like, oh, uh, why am I still reading this? I, it's really weird because like everybody I know was like, oh my god, you're gonna read Shadow and Bone. It's gonna be amazing. And I was like, I hate this book. It's really dumb. Yeah, but I've also heard a lot of people say that the other stuff gets better. So as we've mentioned on a lot of the other episodes we've done, yeah, I think there's a. It's easy to look at the first book in a series when it's often at its roughest. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> with true. a little bit of a you know rose tinted lens. So I can understand why people are like, oh, it's so awesome. But then if they reread it, they're like, oh, well, maybe maybe there are some <laughs> less yeah. than amazing parts here. I just think like that you have this awesome potential for this female lead character in this book. And she has zero agency about her own crap through the entire book. She like literally does whatever anybody else tells her to do. The last person to talk to her is the person that she follows whatever directions they're giving her and things just happen to her through the whole book and she's like 
all right, well, this is something I have to deal with now. And you're just like, oh my God, can you just make any decision for yourself? Like there is one decision she makes at like the very last minute. But yeah, the most of the book, I was just like, remember how in the the last book we read, you were like, I would have put this book down. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was like that with this. I was just like, oh my God, do I have to keep reading this? Yeah. I mean, I don't know that that's something that I necessarily realized when I was very, as I was reading, you Mm -hmm. know, it's more that upon reflection, I was like, yeah, she she didn't like make any choices. No, nope. her her the only things that she really did was, I guess, have magic powers, mm-hmm. and like she was kind to yep. people. She like was. you know, she was very nice to the servants and those around. Like you know, but th- that's that was who she was. Like she's someone who happens to have a thing and is nice, I guess, and that that's kind of disappointing. In yeah, a, in a heroine, you know, like there were certain bits like, okay, so there's one decision I can think of off the top of my bat that are like, oh, I wish that she had thought of doing that instead of being told to do it. Okay. Which is the whole, um, what's it? Mama Darkling. Uh-huh. The, the, the old woman. Yeah. Who says like, you you have to flee. He's he's no good. You, you, you've got to go. Uh-huh. And I, I feel like it would have been easy enough for her to kind of realize on her own. Yep, that he's no good and be like, yep, I gotta go. I just, I wish she had decided to leave, you know? Okay. So that's one decision I actually am like, weirdly, like, I can kind of defend her, see her actions because one, Morgan described her as an adult. She is in no way an adult in this book. Mm-hmm. She is 17, 18 tops, right? Like, she's a yeah. young woman and she just had walk chick walk time with like the darkling dude who is like in charge of all things he's like slightly less than the king of everything basically Mm -hmm. he's in charge of all the things and he has the craziest and scariest power of all time so like i guess i if i was like 17 and just had sex for the first time i might be like well i don't think they have sex i think that he takes her to like a dark corner and you know there's like a, a maybe a bit of a makeout session and he says like uh, if I came to your room or if I asked oh, yeah. you to come to my room, so- something like that later tonight, would you, will you? And she's like, <gasps> yeah. So there's the heavy implication that they will that night. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. But what, like, if I was expecting to have, you know, the great nook, I might, <laughs> I might in fact not notice that the dude was super evil also, especially at the age of 17. And then that, that the problem that I actually have is that immediately after he says this, she hooks up with Bagra. Bagra says, yo, this dude bad. You should get out. And she's like, oh, okay. And like, if I was 17 and about to have the nook, I would be like, yo, nah, yeah, I'm staying. Probably. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's a bit of that, like, no, he loves me. And uh-huh. I'm so mature. Yeah. So unfortunately, a lot of young women easily fall prey to. And that actually comes kind of to my second point that is, and this I did notice throughout the book, like every time he was macking on her and being, I don't want to say affectionate, that's not the right word. Manipulative is the word you're using. Yeah. 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 Probably that. (laughs) Like you can tell that because we're seeing it through her eyes, through her lens, that she is seeing this as little kindnesses and little like lingering looks what have you right like uh-huh. slow seduction she's feeling very mature and sexy and i as a you know 30 something adult look at this and go oh no this guy is what, what is it? isn't he supposed to be like hundreds of years old yeah but i don't think you know that at the time i think because he looks basically the same age as her which is like how did he become a general then but then you also don't know that he's like the baddest of the bad guys yet when when that's well, happening. good or bad is fine doesn't matter i don't think, I remember i don't think i just remember knows. immediately feeling that he was like you should not be macking on this very young girl 
Yeah, yeah. No, I totally thought that was like definitely not the way to be going. I mean, even if you just look at it from a power structure situation like that, mm-hmm. this is this is no good situation. And yeah, I cannot general macking on some lowly soldier like that's, yeah. that's weird. Don't do that. Yeah. It, but that's like kind of on him, not on her. Like, I feel like. Oh, yeah. If no, I was completely. 17, I'd be like, I'm going to I'm going to hit that shit. <laughs> no, I completely understand why she would react that way. I'm saying that it's inappropriate for him to have even like, yeah, pretended to do a thing. Now but that be- was the goal, right? Manipulate her. Anyway, oh, yeah, on. for sure. To be fair, her so she has like one buddy, Jenya, who is a tailor in this book, and the tailor doesn't mean clothes. A tailor means that she can fix like uh, minor imperfections in your body slash skin mm-hmm. or whatever, and like give you makeup and hair and whatever. So she can just like magic you to look awesome. She is basically like the the uh, the fairy godmother yeah yeah Yeah, so that's her buddy and she's her buddy through the whole show and jenya literally says yo watch out for this dude he does this to everyone Mm. and at some point she's like hey did he do this with you and jenya doesn't really answer her so she's referring to the king though isn't she no she's she says be be wary of powerful men but she knows Mm. that she's hanging out with the darkling and yes jenya definitely max with the king but i think there's a strong implication that she has also been with or adjacent to the darkling as well interesting i i don't remember picking that up but that is also kind of the downside of audiobooks is Mm -hmm. like it's easy to if you zone out for even a second you can lose things so yeah i thought that was for the king but uh, I do think she's super cool, though. Like, her yeah. and her powers. Yeah. Uh, like, I love the I, the the description they give of taking, like, a red rose petal and she, like, uses the color from it to, like, mm-hmm. color her lips and blush and stuff like that. There's something very um, imaginative and uh, so much of magic is just kind of, like, wand-wavy, like, whoosh yeah. there's light yeah. and a thing happens it, it's very cool to have this like um grounded in physical objects and uh, it's just very neat i i thought hers was a particularly cool demonstration of these type of powers absolutely i also thought like the magic scheme in this book in general was kind of amazing like i they talk about it as like basically a science that everyone else thinks is magic because they're a not born with it but uh, there's a line in in the tv show that is not in the books but i think it would be let's he says something like yeah but you wouldn't think a bird being able to fly is magic right because they were born to do that right and so these grisha are born to do this and and they describe it as science because it is sort of science based it's like uh they're manipulating the matter at a different level than maybe we as normal people could see but it's mm-hmm. not magic per se it's like some innate talent that they have to manipulate their environment but it's rooted in science rather than like straight up just like you have this power like if you're if you're able to summon flame or whatever it's because you have the ability to um use oxygen and a tinder you know in a in a different way than say we are which i found really interesting about this book and i was really disappointed that they did not go into the magic structure deeper than they than they did they just glossed over that hopefully they do later on uh yeah this actually reminds me a lot of um, basically any brandon sanderson book he does like mistborn series and uh, several others but it's an author who definitely tends to almost scienceify his magic systems Mm -hmm. in a a way that feels kind of very similar to what we were just describing like it's something i'm really into that that marriage of science and magic and what that can look like in a world 
Yeah, I found that really interesting about these books. Hopefully they they do go into it. Unfortunately, this book was not a book that would make me want to read the next book. So I would mm-hmm. never know. And that's proud, part of the problem with with like allowing books to suck on their first go out is that like you're not going to read the second one because you're like, I'm not invested enough to care at this point to find out how cool it can get, you know, so. Yeah. Yeah. No, that makes sense, right? Like, like any skill, it gets better with time, hopefully, yeah. <laughs> if you're practicing and trying to work at making it better. And sometimes you don't see their original <laughs> works where they're still working on, you know, becoming a good author. But yeah. when you do and it gets published, then it, it can be a little rough. Absolutely. Hey, what did you think about Mal? So like Mal is a, is that dude that she grew up with. And then mm-hmm. later she's writing letters to him through the whole thing and trying, she's like super hung up on him. And like literally the moment she lets him go to like basically get ready for the nookie with the Darkling, Mal kind of shows back up in her life. And he has in fact been writing her letters too. And neither one of them has been getting them. And Mal is, uh, you know, integral into the, the end of the book and stuff. What did you think about this guy? I mean, I I wasn't a huge fan. Mm-hmm. He gives me the most like nice guy vibes. Mm-hmm. Like I am someone who was her friend growing up, and therefore she's mine. I deserve her. Yep. I I picked up a bit of that. There is also just this weird vibe of somewhere near the beginning. I think that they're kind of joking with each other about how he's hooking up with girls around camp or whatever. Right? Like they're yep. young teens. They're gonna do the thing. It's fine. He later on just kind of rages at the thought that she could have even possibly potentially have been with somebody, i.e. Yep. Mr. Prim Starkling. Yeah. And that that double standard is just complete bullshit. Yeah. So I I appreciate that she had a friend growing up who now knows her as an adult and that's a, a deep sort of friendship. But God, he seems like a shitty person. Yeah, I totally agree. He he's kind of douchey through most of the book and like at the end he sort of like seems to like see her or you know figure out that oh i've been in love with her the whole time there are hints of this throughout the beginning of the book and through what he's doing uh while she's at the palace so she gets taken to to this place called the little palace which is right next to as it turns out the big palace where the king lives and the little palace is for all of the grisha to learn their craft and to train and to do that sort of thing and keep them nice and protected so while she's there, he seems to like come to his senses a little bit about her and like go after her and try to get get her back or whatever. But yeah, he's kind of a douchebag who like doesn't appreciate her when he should. And like I gotta say, in the in the TV show, he's a much better human being than yeah, yeah than than he is in these books. I'm already, only a few episodes in, but he it seems like a much healthier relationship they have now. Yeah, or not it, now, like in yeah. this depiction of these characters. Yeah, so. Uh, in the books, he's not a, the best person. He's kind of a slime bag who takes he he takes her for granted is the best way I would say that about their relationship. I'm not a big fan. I am I'm happy that he came and like sort of helped her out at the end. And he, in fact, at the end when they are they they obviously escape because there's another book, <laughs> and so they are together to do that. So I I'm glad about that, and hopefully she understands the magnitude of how douchey what he did before is. Yeah, I mean, maybe that's part of the drama that we'll see in future books. So, mm-hmm. you know, maybe she realizes, hey, no, you've done some shitty behavior, you know, yeah. and they'll have to grow through that. Like, you know, character development is a thing. So yeah. maybe he, like, becomes a better character in the books later on. Well, we don't know yet. Uh, but at least in this first one, yeah, he's questionable. 
Yeah. Just for people's edification, when you're watching the show, you're actually literally getting pieces of two different book series by this author. So the author has this set of books and they're they're all in the same world called the Grishaverse. Um, the second set of books that you're getting a parts of are called Six of Crows is the first book from that. And it's not part of the storyline. I guess the story is completely different in Six of Crows. But the people that are in the show are from both sets of books and they do not cross over in the books at all. So if you're watching the show and you get to this book and you're like, where are all these other people? They don't exist in this book. So that is something to warn people about if you decide to, that you watch the show and you like it and you want to read the book. They, when we say it's a different book, it is a different book. <laughs> yeah, like half the storyline is just simply not going to be there. You yeah. Know? Like, but, but I think it's kind of cool as a yeah. concept, though, to take a series where, you know, it's following one person mm-hmm. and then kind of mushing that together in a show. Like, that, there is something yeah. neat about that. I'm such a big fan, honestly, of film adaptations of Mm -hmm. things. And I'm one of those people that uh, at least tries to be very accepting of changes because it's it's a whole chance to reinvent pieces of the world. Much like, you know, comic books, how every 10 years there's a new comic series that just completely blows all previous history out of the water. They just make up new stuff. Yeah. But it's the same people, quote, quote, like. There, there's something cool about that so that's kind of what i like about shows and movies right yeah and also the people that they brought in from the other books into this series fit in really well they actually do tie them together in this book so they just made up a completely new story for it those people are actually probably in a lot of ways more likable than because they they are interesting characters who have a specific set of skills and they are very dubious as to what what they're doing and why they're doing it but you can kind of tell that they have good hearts because they do things that they don't have to do for each other, which I am just like, oh, you guys are sweet. Um, <laughs> so it actually kind of makes me want to read Six of Crows. Weirdly, yeah. I don't want to read any more of this book series, but I do totally want to read that book series. <laughs> I'm not 100% sure about good hearts. They definitely have a lot of like loyalty to their band of uh, criminal friends. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I think I think they have good hearts. Like they they occasionally are doing things that you they don't have to do to go out of the way their way to like help other people too. So I can see what you mean. Yeah. All right. Oh, we so, haven't even gotten to the stag. Oh yeah, the stag. Let's talk about the stag. Okay, so there's this giant deer walking around. The, the reason the darkling <laughs> is. <laughs> It's kind of true. Um, the reason that Darkling is, is special is not only his own power, but he's also what they call a human amplifier. So he can amplify other people's powers. So if he touches mm-hmm. you, he, that's how they find out. Like, yes, we can tell that she's a sun summoner because he touches her and she blows up again. Um, so, yeah, there's a stag walking around. And that has, like, supposedly the most superpower amplification. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. The show goes into much more detail about how that whole thing works. Yeah, they definitely introduced the concept in the show much sooner, which is, is nice, right? Like, I feel like it's easy in the book to be going along and then suddenly, like, halfway through, they're like, oh, by the way, we have this magic thing that we have to go get. Yeah, yeah. Whereas in the show, like, kind of in the background, the creepy priest dude is kind of discussing, like, oh, yeah, amplifiers. Oh, the creepy They're great. Priest, priest dude, I forgot about that guy. He's actually way more important in the books than he is in the show, which I find. So there's this creepy priest dude that is, like, the king's advisor, religious advisor or whatever, and he uh, is constantly, like, 
trying to get with Alina in some way or another, just like not necessarily like, you know, get with her, but like he's trying to. He's being extraordinarily creepy. Yeah. Like it seems like he keeps wanting to get her alone. Like he's max creep. I don't, I do not like, do not want, and you don't really know what his motivation for it is at all. Anyway, the stag. So they got to get this deer because it has antlers and these antlers are super blessed to amplify her powers to the most max. Right. And the (laughs) lore is, the lore is that if you kill the deer, then it amplifies your power. But if I kill the deer, it does not amplify your power. Like, you can't take the antlers from me after that. Like well, no, so, like, it, you can, like, what's the word? Like, uh, meld your essence or whatever to this amplifier, but whoever kills them, the thing controls the amplifier. Yeah, yeah. Like, anyway, there's this whole thing where the Darkling wants to kill the stag and put the antlers on her so that he can control her, and that's that's a, a whole thing, and it happens, and oh no. But then, we get to her only choice. Yeah. Her only like, kind of, moment of being her own person, that which is also very cool, at least. Uh-huh. Oh, there's two, actually, involving the stag. Ah, I can only think of one, but what, what are you thinking? So the the first one is when she decides not to kill the stag. Oh yeah. Right? She lets it live. And then the darkling kills the stag and makes the necklace and puts it on her. Also, if you look at the picture of the stag, you're like, how does that fit around her neck? Cuz this thing is like the size of her. This this stag's rack is the size <laughs> of her and he supposedly takes the rack and makes a necklace out of it. Anyway, and then she choose she she figures out at some point like, "Oh, this doesn't mean that he has control of me. I I already had control of the stag because I gave it its life. I decided yeah. not to kill it. And then she decides to like be the hero that everybody needed. Yeah. Like you don't control me anymore. I control me. Yeah. Like and then she kind of like escapes at the end. So yeah. it's I that was fun. It was neat to have kind of like a all hope is lost. Everything that is bad has happened and it's just all terrible. Is Mal's about to die, like I think he gets thrown off the boat or whatever. Oh yeah. So and then that. suddenly a thing, and it's all yeah fixed. But not. It didn't feel like a was it Deus Ex Machina. It didn't feel like something else happened. It's more like the internal realization. That's kind of yeah. cool. Yeah, she figured something that. out on her own. That that was very cool, actually. Yeah. So the Darkling puts the the stag kills the thing, puts it on her, and is therefore going to control her. And you find out. Dun, dun, dun. He's the dark heretic that invented the fold in the first place and created it to begin with. And all he wants her for is to use her power because he can actually use her power to make the fold bigger. And that's why he's been nice to her this whole time and trying to seduce her and whatever. And he wants to use her power. Oh yeah. my gosh, I completely forgot about that whole bit at the end where they like attack a village. Yeah, they like nuke an entire oh, village. My goodness. And it turns out that those bad guys that were inside the darkness the whole time are actually people that lived in villages and the fold the fold encompassed a bunch of villages. And the the darkling is using it as a oh, it's really funny because he has kind of like a Thanos thing about it. So he he's using the fold and the fact that he can nuke your village to basically say we're not going to have nation states anymore we're not going to have wars we're not going to do everything everyone is now under my control or i will nuke your land yeah so he's just trying to go for a power play to like just take over the entire grisha verse that as we know it although i get what you mean by the uh thanatos uh thing like that that this is for the good of all yeah i control everything right exactly so 
you find all this stuff out and and then she goes wait a minute it's like when <laughs> harry potter finds that figures out that the wand was in his control the whole time too i'll i'll just be back here rolling back on harry potter for a minute but <laughs> that's that's exactly what i thought i'm like oh i've seen this before cool so yeah um i f- i find that her agency comes a little too late for me to to save or redeem this book for me that is that is where I'm i get you it. yeah i understand that but it, it didn't i i was not redeemed enough or i was not unredeemed enough to not watch the show <laughs> so and i'm happy about that so that's good yeah i do hope that folks check it out even despite us kind of sitting here complaining about the book for a bit it, it seems very fun although to be fair i have not seen the whole show yet so i feel like i should be careful about <laughs> hyping it up too hard in case yeah. i get to the end and i'm like no never mind yeah that might be me too i'm on episode six so i feel like i'm 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 saying it's basically worthy enough to to give it a watch if nothing more than to look at the coats that they're wearing and the fancy embroidery on the coats because damn the costume designer deserves a, a, a metal here like those are beautiful the level of embroidery that's hap- that happens in that show is like borderline game of thrones <laughs> the the overall costuming and like set design like it it's all really nicely done so yeah. it's just visually it's a really cool cool yeah. cool cool show absolutely so uh what about like places that you would like to visit do is there anywhere that stood out to you as particularly awesome that you would want to see i mean now it's hard to to not think about what i am seeing in the show uh-huh. right yeah. now i do have some images of places and, and things mm-hmm. yeah like i feel like when it was just the book mm-hmm. our only places were the army camp to the north near the fold or the little palace mm-hmm. like it feels like those were your only options i, have I guess the third option beginning oh, what's what are you thinking the fold Oh, the fold itself. That's what I would want to see. I, I would want to know what that was like. That sounds spooky. Oh, I like spooky things. So I'm good. I would dress up in my best Jack Skellington and go in there. <laughs> Seems like fun. No, I'd rather go check out uh, the little palace. Yep. And it just, it sounds very pretty, very fancy. Uh-huh. Yep. I think that'd be a nice place to check out. It definitely strikes me as like a... You get like Russia vibes out of oh, like 100%. everybody here, so it seems like one of those enormous Russian palaces that are just ridiculous and over over designed. That seems like you you know you got to go on the tour. Um, I would yeah, like an I audio go on the tour. I want an audio tour of that. Um, I'm Absolutely. the person that buys the audio tour every time. So yeah, <laughs> and I want I want to check out that uh, merch shop at the end. <laughs> yeah, you know, get myself like a poster. Yeah, or like a, a, a fan that they have imprinted the, the little palace onto the fan. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> uh, did you have favorite characters? Um, I mean, I know that we, you know, we're complaining about her not having much, much agency, but the main character is very fun. Although the, the tailor. Yeah. Like, I don't know if it's just because I really like her power, but also, like, as a character who's surviving in what seems to be kind of a rough role in the palace, she's in this weird, she's fancy, but also kind of a servant. She just seems like she has some, an interesting life and would be neat to talk to. Yeah, I totally agree. I would definitely call her a favorite character. Um, is If you had to sit down to tea with someone, is that who you'd pick? Yeah, I think so. I think that one, I think she would dish. Yeah, which yeah, as we discussed, sure. 
for me, is an important factor. Yeah. Whereas I feel like there's other people who like the Darkling might be kind of cool, but he ain't going to tell you shit. I don't know. He seems kind of chatty. Like every time, like he was kind of forthcoming with a lot. But he's also trying to win over her. Yeah. Yeah. And we don't know how much of what he's saying is like complete and pure lies. There's part of this book that would make me want to have him win me over. If you know what I mean. <laughs> I I do, in fact, madame. I would like to remind everyone that I've had a shot of whiskey. So take that <laughs> for what it was. Um, I think that I would like to talk to Bagra for over tea. Oh, I yeah, think that'd be cool. Because if he is that old, old enough to be thousands of years old, that like split a country in half with this Darkling thing, and she has the same power as him, but she hasn't used it, and she's his mom, like mm-hmm. what stories does she have? Yeah. Yeah. And she seems grumpy AF, but also she did like essentially save the entire universe. So like that was, you know, she seems okay. Yeah. She, or, yeah. Or at the very least, she's trying to make things okay. Yeah. She's not She's not pure evil like her son. So, yeah. Yeah. Which I find really interesting. Um, It's weird that the dark, the only time that they talk about age is with him. So you don't know if the rest of the Grisha live a really long time, but they talk about him as like eternal. And therefore, she's probably eternal too. So that's interesting. Like, what is that? What is that like? Yeah, uh, and they don't—they don't make it sound like everyone else has been around for forever and ever. So maybe it's something inherent to the the specific amplifying darkness, whatever powers that yeah he and his mother have that led them to have such longevity. I don't know. They don't is she, really is say she why. an amplifier or is he an amplifier separate from her? Like that's also No, I, I believe they're both. Okay. Like cuz I, I he brought her, he brought Elena to her to try and help cuz she was still having trouble bringing forth the sun summoning power on yep. her own. Uh-huh. So there was like a whole training montage yeah <laughs> thing going on. And I think he brought it, her cuz like he's busy. Yeah, I just so don't remember her like, amplifying her. I think I think I remember her like beating her into submission on it <laughs> i i thought i do but yeah whatever yeah, it's Someone a while ago. if we're wrong yeah see you in the comments um, <laughs> <laughs> all right are you ready to rate this this whole situation yeah i am all right what is your overall rating i think i'm gonna go for a three there were some things wow. that were really well done. I, I like the fact that you keep on going, hmm, I'd like to see him in a dark corner. Uh, mm-hmm. I do remember that like sexual tension was something that the author did really well in uh-huh. that kind of YA novel way where it's like not mm-hmm. too explicit, but just enough to be a little spicy. <laughs> I feel like she did a good job. And the magic system and the magic world all seems very cool. Like as much as I have complaints, it, it's it's middle of the road. Three is fine. Okay. I'm giving it a one and a half. Uh, no, and entirely only for the magic system because I'm just like this book is garbage. <laughs> I just I like I read it and I went to every single person that I was like that was like oh my god read this book and I was like why do you like this and they're like well now that you ask me that I can't really tell you but <laughs> so I'm like no all right is it worth a reread? I don't think so. Okay. Like I I I'm sorry I'm I'm thinking right now in my head because I'm watching the show right now and. I feel like that's exactly the moment when you would have that urge of like, mm-hmm. oh, I've forgotten about this and this and this and I want to go back and reread and it's not really giving that vibe. I just want more of the show. Yeah, same. So, um, I don't know. I feel like it, you, if I wanted to know more about the world, I would probably just go ahead and jump in the next book and call it good. Yeah. Yeah. Would you recommend this to a friend? Yes, with 
caveats. Oh. Like, <laughs> okay. I don't know. I do love a good magic system. Uh-huh. I know you said that you were like kind of felt like you were falling off of it a little bit and not uh-huh. like it wasn't maintaining your interest really well. Yeah. I remember kind of breezing through it. It was light and easy to listen to. And as much as I don't like what some of the characters did, it was enjoyable enough. So if somebody was looking for something. Okay. It's a potential option I could recommend. How's that? Okay. I'm going to say that I like my friends more than that. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I'm going to ask the next question, but also uh, Hmm. part of the reason that my score is low is because I would give the uh, narrator a crappy, crappy score. How about you? Uh, No, I thought the narrator was fine. But then again, I I tend to not mind narrators very much. Yeah. I, we've been listening to a bunch of good narrators and this person made me just be like, ugh, oh my God, you're like when you do voices of men and stuff, it's just really like, uh, you could Yeah, I think I do have narrators sometimes where I'm like, oh, I really enjoyed the narrator on this yes. one. Yes, yeah. But for this one, I think I was just like, yeah, it's fine. Yeah, okay. we, j- we just read a book that I was really into the narrator of. So yeah, yeah. which we will get to we in like get to. three or four podcasts. <laughs> See you guys in two months. Um. <laughs> if there were other books in this series, would you want to read them? Um, I don't remember what my answer was the first time uh-huh. <laughs> that we did this episode. Mm-hmm. It might have even been a, a no, like I'm not into it. But watching the show does make me a little curious, especially since, as you mentioned, apparently there's like a whole second uh, series that's in the same world that's wrapped up in this. Mm-hmm. Like that, that. But that's not I'm, this series. No, no, no. But it makes yeah. me curious yeah. to okay. read more about this whole world. I'm going to go with no, I don't want to read any more books in the series because I don't care about these people. I do want to read <laughs> that other book series, Six of Crows. Like, I, I feel like that might be a thing that I would be interested in reading. Hey, you want to play speed rounds? Yeah, lay it on me. All right. If this book were a type of soup, what soup would it be? I think it would. Ooh, you know what? Tomato soup. Oh, because okay. it's okay on its own. Mm-hmm. Extra tasty with a grilled cheese TV show. Yeah. <laughs> that's a great answer (laughs) yeah if you could have one of the powers from this book what would it be oh that is such a good question part of me wants to vote for the like taylor i think the ability to just make yourself look real pretty would be super handy on a day-to-day basis although the the fabricators which we didn't really talk about but they're people who can like manipulate matter with their hands without having to like forge things and Mm -hmm. they can just use their hands to move metal or move antlers which is how they made the antler necklace yeah like that's cool yeah like that i think would be even better than making yourself look pretty so i would say exactly the same things if asked these questions like i I think i would actually go with like jenya's power the the tailor because Mm -hmm. i would it that's the part of like costuming that i hate doing is like having to figure out my hair and makeup Mm -hmm. and all that kind of stuff that's like a pain in the butt but like i could i can fabricate on my own so that part doesn't bother me as much Mm -hmm. all right if you could have an amplifier what magical animal would it come from you know what well let's assume that magical animals aren't real because otherwise i'd be like like a unicorn or a dragon talent right, yeah, or something right, like that. A regular but if we animal, assume yeah. just normal animals, then I think, oh, I'm really torn. I love greyhounds. Mm-hmm. So part of me wants something greyhound related, but I also don't want like a piece of a greyhound. Like that makes me sad, right? I think that's part of the deal with the magical uh, animal amplifier. Yeah, you have to like kill it. So pick some animal you really don't oh, want. Well, no, how about this? How about, cause, but you have to kill it. Oh, so, like, pick a slug or something that you're down with. I don't want a slug either. I'm going to go with spiders. But now you have to carry <laughs> around a 
spider husk. Yeah, just put it in a necklace or something. I, for, I, I don't, I don't want to have to kill the thing, damn it. Okay, but suspend your disbelief so we can just get through this stupid round. Fine. <laughs> I will still pick a greyhound if it's possible to get, like, after they've passed away. And okay. I can get, like, a little bone, like a reliquary. Okay. What would you form it into? Oh, I, I would probably put it into a, like I said, in a little okay. jewelry piece. Like, okay. well, like a reliquary. If you could change anything about this book, what would it be? Uh, that that one scene with Bagra, like, I wish that instead of being told to flee, I wish that she had somehow sussed it out on her own. Mm-hmm. Like, it just, it would have put a little bit more agency into the book earlier on. Yep. It, there's just, there's, eh, that would have been nice. Yeah, for sure. All right. Uh, last question. Three words to describe this book. You cannot use magic. Creepy old men. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That that's a good descriptor. <laughs> I, like, I really do think that uh, the Darkling was described as like old in some way because I know I got that vibe from him immediately. It was like he's an old guy, not uh-huh. like visually old, but I, I swear there must have been some description early on that made it sound like oh, rumor is he's four hundred years old or, or something yeah, like that. He's just not. They didn't say that he was like three thousand years old, which is actually what he is. Yeah, but anyways, yeah, I don't know, creepy old guys. Yeah. Okay, I, f- I, f- I feel like that is a fantastic <laughs> summary of this book. Uh, hey, what are we reading next? Oh, we are going to be reading A Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes by Suzanne Collins. It is the prequel to The Hunger Games, folks. So that should be interesting. It'll be really fun. All right, so I have homework for everyone, which is one, to rate this book on your purchase platform. It really helps out the authors if you have read it. If you haven't, uh, you can also go on to Netflix, watch the show and read it there. Uh, you can rate this podcast on your chosen podcast rating platform. And you can also follow us on Instagram at ladieswhogenre.com, where I will warn you when there is an updating podcast coming out, also the day of and a little reminder afterwards. And I will also uh, give you clues as to what the next books are. So you can usually get three or four books ahead. I hope to see you there. 